hello everybody. I'm Hal. And I'm Melanie. And we want to welcome you to another episode of Making Biblical Family Life Practical. What do you do about a child who is accident prone and always seems to be breaking things? You know, I think all kids go through an accident prone phase. And, you know, we, we had one this morning. We had a very dramatic one this morning. And uh, one of our preteens, one of our preteens went to get something out of the refrigerator and somehow ended up with stuff all over the kitchen. Falling something, in. something fell over and it knocked over something else and it hit the floor and there was breakage and upset. During and the alarm preteen and years, yes. they go through a growth spurt and their hands and feet aren't in the places they expect them to be. And so they tend to get really accident prone. And some uh -huh. kids are just accident prone. But yeah that accident prone thing tends to maximize during times that they're having growth spurts. Right. And, and you know, it, that's a real question. And it's something, it's one of those things where, you know, we can look around and say, you know, it's broken. It, it, and, and I don't really care how it happened. It, the fact is the result is a broken thing, whatever it was, or a damaged thing. Well, that's true. And that has to be dealt with, but you know, I think the first, the very first thing you have to do mm -hmm. is take a deep breath. That's true of a lot of but life, isn't it? It really is. Yeah. But yeah, rule number one, don't freak out because, and this is hard for me, because there are things that are really important to me. Mm -hmm. And when they get broken, I have to remind myself that this is not my home. That heaven is my home. And this is just stuff and that my kids are more important than my stuff. And, and we are stewards of this stuff. It doesn't ultimately belong to us. It's God's stuff. But so, that's hard. Yeah, that it is, is that, hard. That's it's hard. And that sounds, that sounds very pious and, and holy. And I, I can't always say that I attain that. No, sometimes I have so, to pray. So take a deep breath. Yeah. Pray if you need to. Get some perspective. Yeah. And then we have to kind of triage mm -hmm. what happened here. Well, and, and you know what? One of the one of the most important early lessons I got in parenting was from James Dobson. He said, okay. you got to make a distinction between acts of rebellion and childish irresponsibility. And really? I think that I think he really pointed out, I think even before we had children, we were we saw that on a video series that he did, where it really pointed out there there's there's a difference. Although the result might be the same, there's a very there's a big wide range between something that happened just because they're a kid and kids do dumb things versus somebody who was really being malicious. Well, there's kind of three levels of this that I've seen in our house. Okay. The worst and the clearest is the child who's angry and breaks something because they're mad. Maybe that, they were trying to hurt somebody, hmm. which is, that's the worst. Mm -hmm. they're, maybe they're trying to hurt somebody. Maybe they, um, were mad and mishandled something because they were mad, but the sinful, uh, I mm -hmm. let, I lost control of my temper. I used my anger and I destroyed something that is the most upsetting to us as parents, but it's also the easiest to deal with because what? it's like, hello, mm -hmm. you're in sin. There are consequences. We're going to deal with that. Yeah. And that's something which, you know, particularly with boys, because I, I think, Anger is an ongoing problem with males. And it's so something that we've really tried to emphasize with our boys growing up is that their strength was given to them to provide for others and to protect others and not to express their anger and outrage. Yes. And so 
we made it a rule and an expectation in our house. If you are angry, you are not allowed to reach out to do anything physical, either to do something physical to your brother or to punch the wall or to slam, slam a, door a door or to yeah. throw something across the room. You know, that was something which we really corrected and, you know, singled out to say, look, if you're angry, you need to put your hands in your pockets yes. and take a deep breath and let's talk it out and let's, you know, deal with this. However, it, you know, if you've got a, if you've got an incident, yeah, I think you do have to deal with it right then to say, all right, you did this out of anger. This was a willful act. It was intentional. And guess what? It's sinful. And we've got to correct that. Yeah. You need discipline and mm -hmm. they need discipline and they need to make restitution. So that's one thing that that's, that's one level. Kind of the other extreme is the child who really is not at fault. They weren't doing anything unusual. They weren't being careless or foolish. It just happened. Maybe they, you know, they hit something on their way by. Uh -huh. It was purely an accident. That's what happened this morning. Mm -hmm. There wasn't anything. She wasn't doing anything wrong. No, she wasn't. She opened jerking, the refrigerator. She wasn't jerking the refrigerator around or slamming doors or anything. No, but it just, wow, the crash and the disaster. But there was. Yeah. She was not at fault. In that case, we just need to get control of our own feelings and attitude because yeah. it's tempting, especially something that's broken that we were fond of, to get mm -hmm. angry when it would be completely unjust. No, in fact, in that kind of situation, it's not uncommon, I think, for the first reaction to really need to be to comfort the yes the perpetrator if you will yes it's to okay say, honey you know, it's all right say, are you okay did you hurt yourself yes. you know and and that's kind of like that's kind of like you know if if your child has a fender bender in your car and they call and say there's been an accident your first reaction should should be are you okay yes not what have you done to my car but you know in a smaller thing with younger kids that are not driving yet. You, yeah. You need to look, make sure that the victim, <laughs> you're not the only victim in this. Okay. So, so you got the unintentional one that just something happens. In which case, you know what? Nope. Suck it up. Yeah. There's nothing you can do about it. It, it's not even just to require them to pay for it mm -hmm. or to apologize because they didn't mean to do anything. I think it, I think it is appropriate to say, look, I know you didn't mean to do it. Come on, let's clean it up together. Yes. Let's you clean know, it up together. Let's take the responsibility. Because there's natural consequences. Yeah. Or to say, you know, right. I know that you didn't mean this, but you need to tell your brother you didn't mean it. Mm -hmm. You need to say, I am so sorry this got broken. I really did not mean it. Which okay. can feel unjust to the, to the person who was involved because right. say, but it wasn't my fault. No, but you need to express that. You need to, you need to make peace here. And that's a tough lesson to give your kids. And, and that's something we have to try to teach our kids that there's times when you will hurt somebody. You either hurt yes. their thing or you hurt them and you didn't intend to. And you you would not have done it if you could have avoided it. But something happened. Guess what? Yeah. You were still the agent that caused some discomfort. And so it's a right, it's a right thing for you to say, I am so sorry that I stepped on your foot. I didn't see you and I didn't mean to, but I am so sorry because I know that I caused you yes. an injury here. And that's different from the apology that says I was wrong, mm -hmm. but it still says I am sorry. That I'm sympathetic. I'm sympathetic and I really didn't mean to. Right, right. So more problematic okay. is the in-between. The in-between. The in-between, like the child who just seems to break things wherever they go and they're kind of careless. 
and they're not super careful about things and things get destroyed or broken. I remember one child who mm -hmm. went through three math books in the course of one year. Yes. The first time I replaced the math book, we mm -hmm. had a serious talk mm -hmm. and I explained how expensive that was and yes. explained that they need to be more careful where they left it, mm -hmm. what they did with it. Mm -hmm. But I didn't require him to pay for it because I don't. I didn't think there was any malice. It was just foolishness. Right. The second time, he got to pay for the $55 math book. Which is a fortune a for a child. A lot of money for an 11-year-old, yes. That is a huge yes. yes. So we that takes a lot of discernment dealing with that middle, middle ground. Mm -hmm. And probably our initial response should be grace. Right. Because we make mistakes too. And they are in an age, typically you see this with preteens. They yeah. are in an age where they make a lot of mistakes. Their brains aren't working right. And they really right. aren't working right. Right. They're changing. And that executive, the executive functions are messed up. And mm -hmm. carelessness is just a lot easier at that stage than not carelessness. They, they, they are not. They're not totally aware of themselves or their surroundings, no. which, you know, and I think it's, I think it is just to call them to concentrate and pay attention. Yes. But privately to, to say that's going to be hard for them to do. It, it, they, they may not be able to live up to that for a while, but still to say that's an expectation. You need to concentrate you need to remember to shut the gate when you go out, or you need yes. to remember to turn off the whatever. So first so. response is grace, mm -hmm. explanation, lots of reminders. Right. And then if it continues, and particularly if you see a pattern of carelessness, then it's time to introduce some natural consequences. And there's some things too, which sometimes, sometimes you look at, at a child who's got a destructive um, history, let's say. <laughs> you, sometimes you look at them and say, okay, can I change something in their environment so this isn't going to happen? Can I put something out of reach of that toddler? Yes. You learn that one real quick. Or say, you know, maybe I need to take that valuable object off display until we get something out of control. Or maybe I need to send two of them mm -hmm. to deal with the animals and make sure that the door, that the gate is closed. Right, because sometimes sometimes we need to to help make it easier for them to, to recognize do the right that thing. they're in a time that it's mm -hmm. they're in an error likely situation. Right, they're in a time when they're likely to make mistakes. Right, but it is appropriate to to begin to begin to introduce some consequences, like the child who lost the second math book, mm -hmm. and say, you know what, I will hunt for a used one. We'll try yeah. to do this as cheaply as possible. Mm -hmm. I'll front you the money. But right. it needs to cost because I need you. I need you some, to have some commitment here. And that cost may be a financial cost to replace it. It may be a cost in time, in bother. I think this child know, worked say, off a lot of it. Mm -hmm. I mean, to say, okay, you you broke this, and so you're going to have to repair it. And I'm going to yes. take the time here to show you how to do this and yes. work with. But you're going to learn how to replace the glass in a window now. That's right. And and use it as an opportunity to teach as well as to correct, let's say. Yes. Yeah. So when you're dealing mm -hmm. with an accident prone child, mm -hmm. you need to get control of yourself first. Right. 
and then you need to triage and find out is this anger and rebellion mm -hmm. is it just a complete accident or is it that awkward in between space mm -hmm. and figure out how to handle it justly to protect your relationship with them and make sure that we're not making it more difficult than it needs to be because there's, there's things that you can do and that you can have around when you have a toddler when you have an inquisitive uh, child or when you you've got one who's just very clumsy that then maybe there's a time later in life when you can be a little more fragile. If it's irreplaceable, maybe we put it up. Right. We have to, we need to make sure that we're doing our part in this too. Yeah. And also, you know what, having raised a house full of boys, let's be, let's be realistic about who they are and, and give them the opportunity to go outside and work off some energy. Yes. You know, don't, re you don't want them to wrestle in the living room. Let them wrestle in the yard. <laughs> That's right. Give them a chance. Okay. If you have a preteen in this awkward mm. phase, you may enjoy our book, No mm. Longer Little. Yes. You can find it at nolongerlittle.com or at our blog and store at raisingrealmen.com. That's right. And I hope that you will join us again sometime as we try to take biblical principles into the 21st century family. Until next time, I'm Hal. And I'm Melanie. Thanks for joining us. Bye, y'all. You've been listening to Making Biblical Family Life Practical with Hal and Melanie Young. If you found this program interesting, challenging, and encouraging, why not join us on the web at halandmelanie.com. That's H-A-L-A-N-D-M-E-L-A-N-I-E.com. Or follow us on social media. You can find us on Facebook at Facebook slash Melanie or Facebook.com slash Raising Real Men. This program is a production of the Ultimate Homeschool Radio Network. Join us next week when we'll be back to talk about making biblical family life practical. Until then, thank you and God bless you for listening.